Three, two, one. Can crack. Cheers. Happy fourth. No puns allowed. Happy fourth. Happy day after the fourth. Juice. You just don't sound genuinely enthused. I just, like I said before we just started, I was like, the day after the Super Bowl and the day after 4th of July should just be holidays. I also don't like that today's Wednesday and it's like kind of like a Monday. Oh yeah, and the rest of the week is just fucked. It's combining a Monday and a Wednesday is kind of a lot. Um, did you did you have a good fourth? Yes, I did. Lots of barbecuing, lots of pool time. Um, yeah, it was a it was a good time, but long weekend, short week, travel this weekend. So, looking forward to the the chaos of kind of, and it's July, like that means it's football season. <laughs> um. So speaking of the fourth, did you happen to follow? It's impossible to follow anything now because Twitter is a fucking hell space. <laughs> um, but did you happen to follow the hot dog eating controversies? Um, I about... saw that it was. Did it get called off because of the lightning, or did they eventually do it? What what happened? They, ev- they eventually did it. Okay. And Joey Chestnut won. I think he only ate like fifty-two hot dogs. Only. But the yeah, it's hilarious. But what was funny about this is like. The betting markets on Joey Chestnut, I believe he was minus 4,000 to win. But his over hot dog totals were in the 60s. And, like, you had people, gambling experts, saying that the density of the hot dogs was going to change due to the weather and the rain delay, which is going to impact his ability to eat. So the over-under betting on Joey Chestnut hot dogs was, like, out of control yesterday. Or 4th of July, or whenever. But... I find that amazing that gambling is to a point where we are like there's controversy surrounding over under hot dog eating. Yeah, we we as America have become degenerates. I I think it's great. Um, also, I don't want to get. It's like it gives me. I love hot dogs. Nathan's hot dogs. I'm a New Jersey guy, so Nathan's hot dogs are the best hot dogs. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine doing something like that. It see, I can't I even just, watch it. Sorry, America. I uh, I saw one of the contestants like just chug two giant lemonades before the hot dog eating contest. Like in Ray Delay, he chugged like a gallon of lemonade, and it's I, I'm not I'm not equipped for that. I'd I'd like to know what my hot dog limitations are. Like I'd like to know the number. Mm-hmm. I think most people would overestimate how many hot dogs they would eat. Right. Well, yeah, I think a lot of people think they could easily do it, but I there's I'm certainly not one of them, um, and I'm not willing to try. I do love hot dogs, but that eating them like that is just no thanks. Cool. Um. So so that's one thing. So my other question. So I just got a haircut. We talked before the pods. <laughs> you said I was going to ask. I said, yeah. Oh, I got a haircut. I do not have like a hairstylist. Insert YouTubers saying, yeah, your haircut looks like shit. We can tell, but whatever. I'll just go on the cheap. I'm good with 20 to $30 haircuts, right? Okay. And so I've been dying to get one. The place that I normally went to closed. So I just jumped in a place. The woman who cut my hair was clearly having a bad day. <laughs> like, clearly <laughs> having a very shitty day. And, like, three words were uttered during a haircut, which had me thinking during this very awkward haircut. First off, she said, like, how many, like, how short do you want? And I was just like, I, I don't know. Like, what do you say, right? Like, for a guy, it's hard. Well, how about an inch off the top? Okay, how about an inch, right? Do you do you like the talkative haircutter, haircutter-ist? 
or not. Because this actually wasn't bad, even though she was clearly pissed off the world and huffing at shit and like, whatever. I'm not going to get into that. We're all having a day. I kind of like the silent haircut. I'm going to be honest. What, what do you think? Okay. Well, it's different when you're going to like different ones. Like I have the same hair girl and then a girl that assists her. And we oh. that's like gossip hour. It's like a whole podcast in itself. Um, if you go to the hair salon, you could probably get a lot of dirt on a lot of other people because they tell their hairstylists everything. So I think it's different for women because it's so much longer of an experience. Like it takes me probably two to three hours to get my hair done. And um, yours is probably not that long. So I imagine about, silence about for three seven hours. Minutes. Yeah. So yeah. I imagine silence for like three hours would not be super fun. Did um, you say you had two people, uh, a main and an assistant? Well, she has like someone who assists her, but I also like know her because she knows my cousin. So, <laughs> so it's like we Fuck just, you. she comes over. Usually she has like another client. She'll come over and chat. So like I, it's very, it's chatty hour in the, in the salon, like. And they always say that you could find out, like, people's deepest, darkest secrets from going to the hair salon and eavesdropping because, like, they tell their hairstylists everything. So, um, I think I'm realizing whether it's Uber, haircuts, or my dentist always wants to talk football while he's working on my mouth. <laughs> very, very hard to do. Yeah. Um, I just don't like communication like that. Yeah. Like an Uber? Oh, want... I'm good with a silent Uber. I prefer a silent Uber. Okay, so, but haircut, yeah, if you have familiarity, that's fine. This one, like, it wasn't happening. I wasn't going to be like, it's hot out there, huh? Because you would have been like, shut the fuck up. Why don't we, why don't we do that? Yeah, um, I, I also am just, like, a little concerned that you don't know what to say to your hairstylist about getting your haircut. Like, you don't have, like, a number of the, like, buzz. You I just got a number her... on the sides. I'm like, all right, four on the sides, and then, like, you know, just a little t- off the top. And, and normally they're like, oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna try here, and then and then if it's you know not sure enough, we'll go here, and then I'm like sure, and then I'm too nice. So even if it's too yeah, long, yeah, you I'm are like, yep, too nice. You are way too nice. You need someone that's consistent, so you get the same haircut, not different every time. Why do you? Why yeah. won't you just go to the same person or like a barber? I I sometimes do, but like work day and shit, like it it didn't it didn't work out today, and I walked. Oh, in I will and move my work day around making my hair appointment worse. <laughs> get your fleet of. Like fleet of people. It makes it sound like I'm such a demon. Oh, I have like so team. much hair. Yes. But um, it's a so process, event, okay? I, yeah, I just, it was, I feel bad for this woman mm-hmm. who clearly is probably listening. I hope the day's great. Yeah. And um, did a good, it did a good tip though. I was like, all right, like, you know, here's a little song. When did you go? Did you it. go on like July 3rd, like on the Monday when you had it off? I went literally 45. Oh. Okay, so the day Fresh. after the 4th of July, no wonder she's in a bad mood because she's working the day after 4th of July and everything should be closed. That's how yeah. I feel. Yeah, when you ask somebody how they're yeah. doing and she's like, I'm fine. It's like, mm. Yeah, that's a little rough. Clearly not fine. I'm going to close the conversation. So, okay, so 4th of July, haircuts, and we can get into random shit. But we do have some football stuff I guess we should talk about. Yep. Or do you want to talk about the biggest story when it comes to football, which is Twitter being a piece of shit. Let's start with Twitter just in general, because I feel like that's been on everyone's mind. And it also just shifts the landscape of so much of what we do and the information that we get in terms of college football. Um, I saw you tweeted earlier today about it. How do you feel about this limitation? Are you going to pay to not be limited during football season? So I use TweetDeck, right? Uh And I don't think the average user probably knows what TweetDeck is or has to do it. Mm-hmm. What I have actually, whether it's football stuff, whether it's Golden Tee, 
column set up. Like TweetDeck has been the only way I use Twitter for a long time. It is more or less like they like castrated, right? Like that's what they did to Twitter. Yeah. Our tweet deck. And I had it open. I reached my limit within a couple hours because you have things scrolling. Mm -hmm. So if that's what it's going to be and tweet deck's going to become a paid feature, I may pay because it's how I like to operate. Mm -hmm. And I won't be ashamed about it. I do. I understand why they need to monetize this better. Mm -hmm. I understand providing value for people who pay. But what Twitter is doing is actually the opposite, which is providing services that we've had forever, like just nuking a lot of the functionality and saying, well, now you have to pay for it versus adding value in making me want to pay for it. I yeah. would, I will pay for If you make it worth our while, like in the college football realm or whatever you like to do, we will pay for it. We will okay. absolutely pay for it. But I am struggling, you know, the limitation, like I couldn't even get on Twitter all, not that I was even cared it was actually nice to be away from nor nor am i on twitter as much as i used to be yeah i just find the whole thing strange and i do think based on this limitations more relevant to people listening watching games and being on twitter is one of my favorite things about the yeah. entire app i think that is gonna seriously be Suffer. hurt by all of us yeah it makes me sad because that part of college football is so fun the like college football twitter um community but and i know that's how it is for a lot of sports in terms of like job and functionality like this is such a bummer because i, I use tweet tech as well i have since i started bleacher report and like that's how i watch football on saturdays and that's how i spend my work day is like tweet tech is open so it is going to be odd i do feel like i'm eventually gonna have to pay for it and just like you said because it's the convenience of how you've done it and it just makes it a lot easier um and i the part that i like don't love is that people are like well i can't believe people are gonna cave and paper that's like it's my job to be informed and to know these things like you're we're just gonna have to bite the bullet and do it um until someone yes. comes up with a, better things to you know spread news through which i know lots of new technology stuff is coming out sort of to try and make it easy for everyone and not so um like hidden behind a paywall um i think instagram is starting something too so we'll yeah. see how this goes i feel like the social media landscape is definitely shaken up but also just like the news landscape and sports news too like this also happened the weekend that um nba free agency started so like that is kind of wild know. so like the people like Woj and shams and um fabrizio um, who does soccer ones like this is just going to be wild for those people to kind of figure out how to get news out i i yeah i, I get it like i am i understand needing to make money okay. so I, I i actually respect their trying to do that and to the point the conversation we're having we're like yeah we might just have to pay okay. i don't think there's enough of us to make that a good business decision, though. Yeah. And I really think you alienate enough people, you're just going to lose them. And um, that just feels like what's happening now. And yes, yeah. Instagram has a competitor. What is it? Threats coming out. I think like by the time people listen to this, it'll probably be out. Yeah. Um, I'm curious what happens because, you know, as a Instagram real loyalist, um, I'm willing to, you know, explore other avenues. Yeah. Instagram. But I But I need. Yeah. I was going to say Instagram real loyalists, but 
not Instagram poster. Although you've been better. No. I did see some pictures, I, but I we're going to get you to post a video one of these days. It's going to happen. I Yes, and I'll talk about my lacrosse speedway uh, visit. Yes, but it's sad because I do think, I hope it improves because Twitter is the best during live sports mm-hmm. uh, without question. Yeah. And right now it's nuked, I think, for live sports. Like, you watch one Thursday night football game, and you're they're really changing the way it's supposed to be used, I think, or at least attempting to do so, and it sucks. So, to be TBD, but right now, not so great. Yeah. Um, something I did want to talk about that is not on the dock, but it was a big topic of conversation this last week were the ESPN layoffs. Yes. Um, and I didn't realize it was going to generate such like a toxic conversation on twitter i know a lot of really big name people were sort of attacked because they're like large contracts with the network um and i think one of the things like people have asked me like what do you think about it and it's like this has been happening across the sports media world for a couple months now so it's nothing surprising to those of us who work in the industry it is of course really really sad because there's some really amazing talent that was let go but those people are going to land on their feet. They're going to end up other places, and you'll be able to to watch them. But um, it was interesting to just see, because we're talking about shifts in in workflow and all of that. It's just so interesting to see that like our industry is definitely changing. So we do not take well, yeah. for granted that we do have a platform to be able to talk to you guys about sports and keep it fun. But um, yeah, that's definitely a reality of the business right now. Did you watch Stephen A's video in response to that today? I saw that he told everyone to kiss his ass twice, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty much the summary of the video. Okay. The, the important parts of it. Like, that, just, the end. I mean, yeah. which I I kind of appreciate. Like, it's tough. Like, you negotiate your deal, right? Yeah. Somebody pays you what, what they think you're worth. Yeah. And you negotiate what you think you're worth. I don't blame anybody. I, this is our philosophy through college football, through anybody, is get money. Yeah. Right? Now, that does come at a cost, uh-huh. potentially, for other people yeah. losing their jobs. But individually, well, this is a get money, get paid podcast that we appreciate. That- so, I don't blame Stephen A for this. No. Or that's, like Pat McAfee. That's bad, like, yeah. yeah you know, like, if you have a problem with what Stephen A is making, don't blame Stephen A. Well, I'm just using Stephen A as an example. There's a lot of... of, of Frankly, there's a ton of people that this would like mantra would apply to. Yeah. And this is sort of what like I was getting at is like it's interesting to see like people aren't consulting with the other on air talent about which on air talent should go. Like this isn't like Stephen A and Pat McAfee being like, all right, well, this is the people that should leave because you have to pay me. These are people that have been running this business for a very long time. Okay. And there was changes that needed to be made and they made it across sports. Like I saw there's a lot of different people across all different sports. It's not just one sport being hit and they're focusing on one. Um, but it's the nature yeah. of the industry and also like, yeah, if you're going to pay guys, but $85 million over four or five years, like you're going to have to find a way to do it when the revenue isn't there. But I don't think it's a direct correlation to, you know, Who's signing that? big names. I think McAfee got that- 65 or 85 million in that range for that. Yeah. So like it, but, it's, yes, there's a lot of money in that stuff, but. Yeah, it it is very interesting that people were very upset at specific on-air talent for other on-air talent being gone. I I can't even get mad. Stephen A, like, back to Stephen A, and I just fascinated by, I love the kiss my ass twice. Like, first off, amazing. Um, That guy is on every show. That guy does, like, every, 
like morning to night, radio, TV, you name it. That guy does it. I just, yes, in response, kiss my ass twice. Like That was... Well played, sir. Like, well played. But back to the layout part, on the other side, it does make me sad. You look at some of the, like, football, college football impacted okay. a lot. People that we've worked with um, at BR impacted. People we watched and you kind of took for granted certainly impacted. It makes me sad. It makes me sad for the industry. It make, obviously makes me sad uh, across the board. But it is also one of those things where you sort of become numb to it. You're just not used to ESPN being the ones that kind of yeah. do these things as as freely as they have. And it sounds like there's more coming. So it is a bummer. And the landscape is changing and shifting. People's ability to access this news. Twitter was a big part of it, right? You yeah. have a lot of people that probably got let go that made a lot of this reputation through a platform that is now evolving. So it's, yeah, it's a weird time, I think, for the, the business as a whole. Yeah. There's a lot changing. Um, July 1st, 14 schools officially changed conferences. Okay. So yeah. joining the Big 12, we have UCF, Houston, BYU, and Cincinnati. Joining the American, we have Charlotte, FAU, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and UTSA. And joining Conference USA is Jacksonville State, Liberty, New Mexico State, and Sam Houston. It's weird. I'd be honest with you. Yeah. I probably, if you would have asked me what schools changed conferences, you wouldn't have been able I'm to. Really, you would have known I'm the Big really, 12 ones. Big 12, I would have been. Big 12, I would have got, right? But like, you get down to like Jacksonville State, which, which is, by the way, a very good emerging football program. Yeah. They're like. But also, Liberty moving is kind of a big deal. Yeah. No, um, there's big names in there. That's no, what but I mean. It's very strange because next year. This time, it'll be Texas, Oklahoma, UCLA, USC. It's just the start of what is going to be shifting, and it's going to be so weird. I uh, I think the Big 12, like the Pac-12, we sort of anointed, at least for one more year, as like the most fun conference in college football. I think the Big 12 is just going to in, in probably a mostly good way. Yeah. Like, these are good additions. These are really good additions, I think, under the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want it to be completely broken, completely strange. And, um, but yeah, college football over the next two years is going to look different. You play off and you've got a ton of teams that are just changing, like, conferences. And I don't even think that it's just going to be those big names. Like, I think by this time next year, we'll have an idea of what's going to go on with the Pac-12 and who's going to be where and if it even is a conference like i don't really know but it's gonna be insane but but even like you look at uab utsa fau north texas these are teams that have had like sizable success relative Mm -hmm. to their expectations utsa has been one of the like not best teams in college football like one of the coolest risers in the sport right uab under bill clark and now god only knows but Trent Dilfer, right? Um, but, like, these are teams that are relevant. Like, I mean, for for maybe not the average fan, but the person that's digging in, like, UTSA, we've talked about a lot. Yeah. I feel like over the last couple of years. Um, so it's, and then, yes, throw in throw in next year, which is going to be four, like, haymakers. Yeah. And I think it's, I yes, I think it's going to be really, really fascinating. Sport is, is not on stable ground. And not in a bad way. No. But in a, like, you're going to have to adjust and recalibrate it. 
Well, and I think changing conferences is going to become more common because like you mentioned, a lot of these conferences have had, you know, big years and have grown as programs. I think the more you like inch closer to like the power five, we'll start to see like kind of like conference climbing, kind of like we've talked about in like in world football, how they do that, where there's like tiers. I think there's going to be some movement in that and maybe that helps with the I don't know that it necessarily will help with the top heaviness, but with a with an expanded playoff, you're still you could get teams in there that you normally wouldn't get in there because people are able to show and play against a stronger schedule. Um, yes. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to become more common to switch conferences. Um, and and that part will be fun. Like the Big Twelve this year, I'm still adjusting to schedules and stuff now, and it is so fucking weird. Yes, just completely fucking weird in a in a pretty good way. Um. You you brought up another thing in the doc, which is the NCAA Division One Council proposing cutting transfer portal window in half. Um, essentially, what we've dealt been dealt with is the transfer portal is out of control. The time to build rosters is really difficult. You've got this long period of time, and I think coaches, I think everybody's suffering. Honestly, I think the kids are suffering too. Yep. So they're essentially talking about cutting that period in half what are your thoughts on i think this is great i think it will help us so much like i know so there's two windows there's one in december and one in the spring um and this doesn't just apply to football this applies to all all college sports um but the windows have become so hard to keep up with especially with the early signing day stuff and knowing where everyone's going i mean people have like even now we're still like waiting to see okay now we're starting to get like shape rosters for this year but it's still very strange um to have to wait until after that like spring window to really know who's going to be where um but yeah i think it's going to be better for the sport for it to go from 30 like 60 days to 30 days like that's a huge difference and like you said it's going to help with roster management it's going to help with you know recruiting and making things a lot easier and smoother for everyone um, and also us to keep up with it because it's just been kind of um, an overwhelming amount of change at once. And so I'm glad that there's coming up with something like tangible to help the transfer window um, for Great. all college sports because it, it, it was a legitimate chaos for a while. So I don't think that we've recovered even still from COVID, right? Everybody got an extra year yeah. of eligibility. That was the right call. The rosters are still impacted by this, and then you full throw in the transfer portal and NIL, and so I do think this is the right move too. Yeah. Eventually, the transfer portal stuff will hit its rhythm. This like kind of forces it into a, a quicker way to hit that rhythm. Yeah. Make it condense it. It's still going to be fucking crazy, and that's okay, right? Like I, th- I think it was like twenty one hundred players entered the transfer portal in the winter, and thirteen hundred in the spring. That is wild. So many. So many. So um, it's not going away. But as we talk about this, this is going to bleed into signing periods. When are the signing periods going to be? Like they're, all of these, you know, college football and the NCAA, they have issues. You could solve some of these problems. They like just like putting it. It's like a puzzle, right? Shrink the transfer portal um, and then figure out exactly what it's going to look like in terms of, you know, an early signing period or honing that into one period, potentially again, connect these things. So at least coaches and those who manage the roster have a chance. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that they're making some sort of 
condensed time period, so it's just not. And also, like, I, this is on the heels of Sabin talking about how, like, much his staff works and, like, how many weeks out of the year they work over 40-hour weeks um, because college football is nonstop, was nonstop already, but they at least had some downtime. This this transfer portal stuff has really made it difficult for um people to be able to take time off so it also will benefit staffs as well in terms of like work-life balance thank god um i want to switch gears to we talk about signing day i want to talk about recruiting but before we talk about recruiting i want to talk about your reaction to having to talk about texas a&m recruiting so before the lights come on and we record sometimes we just start recording and we just go but sometimes we do okay three two one beer crack whatever We'll like look over the dock, and normally there's not much. We'll add something. It's coming together at the last second. So it's like, okay, cool. Oh, I saw this. I saw that. Oh, I didn't see that. Nice. So you're you're perusing the dock, and you just oh, oh, like a straight up cartoon. Like, I was like, oh, I yeah, don't it was like, a, it, was like well, it was almost like a ground. <laughs> um, it's like it's like you would think something, but I like it because there's a few teams that trigger more of a page growl or sigh um this team which i'll talk about is one of them michigan absolutely there georgia and stetson bennett i think is number one in the power rankings of most likely to induce a sigh i think those um, at least i like to talk about because they're relevant i just think texas saying that was so yeah. irrelevant yeah yeah it's even better. i can't right. take it i cannot take it i because okay because this is the thing is okay tell us the news here and then we can all this is, this is like, to be clear, this is not a recruiting podcast. Every time we talk recruiting, we want to mention. So A&M <laughs> landed Cameron Coleman, great first date, top wide out in the 2024 class. <laughs> they, uh, he's like the number eight overall player. He's really, really good. And actually, when you think about it, they have Evan Stewart, who was awesome this year. Like, that's not the big deal. Now, here's why it's interesting. You are one of the top offensive players in the country. And you've seen how AM has played offensively the last since Jimbo got. Mm-hmm. Do you is Bobby Petrino that guy? Apparently. Or is the money that guy? I think the money's or, that guy. The money is that That's guy. That's Bag U, okay? That is Bag University over there. They've got so, tons and tons of money. Now, where I want to talk about this, whether you want to or not, I just you could <laughs> follow along. So like with Texas last week, did mm-hmm. Texas might or might not be backish. Um, at some point, if you could go back in this podcast and, and and clip how many times I've said this and montage it, bad look for me. Doesn't all of this have to work? Is it like too big to fail? No, this is college football. You have to so be able saying- to make. You have to be able to and. We've heard Jimbo on the record say that he's not passing the sticks. So I don't think anything changes. You think they're just going to continue to suck? I don't think they'll suck. I think they'll be average. I don't think they're going to be in the playoff conversation, and I don't think they'll be national champions anytime soon. Can I just look up the win total real quick? I have no idea. I haven't looked at the schedule. Well, I have to look at the schedule to be able to give you a guess on the win total. No, I'm... I'm going to look at the win total. I'm not going to say any. Okay. Let me look and at the schedule really quick. Little... Texas and schedule. This is our favorite I mean, activity. 
Okay. All right. I've got a win total. Hold on. Oh, I do you on that. Okay. Okay. All right. Would you like to do the win-loss schedule? Hold on one second. I've got one. Okay. Is it set at... I think I'm going to go low. I would give them six wins. Seven and a half wins is the over-under. And the over is minus one-seven. Now, A&M to win the SEC is also... 14 to 1. They are behind only Georgia, Alabama, and LSU, and slightly above of Tennessee. Really? And then it's a huge drop to Ole Miss. So people are back on their bullshit. Now, I am way more bullish about Texas than I am Texas AM. Okay. Okay. But they have recruited so fucking well. You're just like, you're well, like, are, just, okay, I, let me ask you this. Do you think it's going to end up, are you saying this because we saw what happened with Georgia? How like they had the money, they had the recruiting, it was there. It took them a little while to get there, but they finally got over that hump. Um, To a degree, I, I feel like Kirby, though, like hit another level of coaching. That, and that's I don't know what I was, well, was going to say. Like, like, it's not the same. Like, Kirby, I, this, hold on, I'm going to give Georgia a compliment. So I want to make sure everyone hears it. I do think that I don't think that Texas and A&M will be able to replicate that with Georgia because I do think Kirby is the X factor there. So Kirby is like CEO and Jimbo is CEO, like VP of sales and VP of HR. And that's not like a good fact in this. But I am curious because they've got really good players at really important positions. You look at their schedule. Okay, New Mexico... At Miami, UL Monroe, Auburn, Arkansas, home versus Alabama, at Tennessee, South Carolina, at Ole Miss, Mississippi State, um, Abilene Christian, and then at LSU. So you play at LSU, you play at Tennessee, you play at Arkansas. And Alabama? And you play home versus... Okay. And for whatever reason, they play very well. I don't have a good... I hate really that game why. every year. I just don't want it to exist. I, it's you know it makes it's me so end. uncomfortable. So I don't know. I don't. I don't want to turn this into like, but with Texas, right? Mm-hmm. You see signs of them turning it around. Now A and M hasn't really had that, other than like certain games along the way where they're like all of a sudden they figure it out. Yeah. I do wonder though when the fuck that time is coming and what the tolerance will be yeah. if they win seven games this year. Well, because it's not like Jimbo doesn't know how to win national championships. Like, he's he knows how to do it. Like, I don't understand why this particular... And I wonder if it's just, like, the Texas A&M factor. And I, 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 it is different than Florida State in the sense that, like, you're not... Like, the, the booster situation, I feel like, is a little more difficult to work with at Texas A&M. Not difficult, that's not the right word, but there's more to navigate there, I feel like. Um, but I'm just, I'm curious why he hasn't gotten that program with that amount of money over the hump a little bit. Their defense has been great. Their offense has been really bad. If they can, um, largely, if they can figure that out, yeah, who knows? But I am, I am just very curious. Like, the money will help the recruiting without question, I still think that this is too big to fail. 
even in that division, I, I still think that eventually you find a quarterback. Like you brought up Florida State. Jameis Winston, all Jameis things aside, was an amazing mm-hmm. college quarterback. So, like, you you find that at A&M, you will win. You have great players around you that are older. Like, they might have the best, like, well, Marvin Harrison Jr., non-Marvin Harrison Jr., like the best wide receiver there right now. Mm-hmm. So, um it's just another year of this shit. Like A&M and Texas, when they do play in a year, like it feels like that game, which is going to be really, really important. Like we love that game. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like fast me forward to that. I want to see it. So begrudgingly. What were you going to take in that game? Texas. Okay. that's. I was hoping that you were going to be on that bandwagon since you so wholeheartedly have now made the. I'm just going to pump up all the Texas schools. Yeah. To make everybody happy. And then turn my back on them um, um, eventually. So, yes. Another school that we tend to not necessarily pump up, but discuss a lot. I feel like more than most college football podcasts. Um, shout out to Jason. Uh, is Nebraska. So, a, so like, <laughs> saying that for your teeth. Hey, it's the, it's the truth, I think, that we talk about Nebraska, which is, you know what, good. You get some variety. But there was a piece done um on nebraska and matt rule um you were not yeah. particularly th- like you weren't like oh this is a guarantee slam dunk hire when this news came out i'm curious what your thoughts are on this discussion they're recruiting pretty well <laughs> they're recruiting pretty well and i thought the story was really good by the way by pete Thamel because it is really an interesting intersection college football is interesting because you have like nostalgia and then you have, like, what's practical now. Yeah. And you have these teams like a Miami, maybe even a Texas, but Texas is a little bit different. Miami and Nebraska. Teams at Virginia Tech, right? Teams that were, like, these programs that had this prominence that are stumbling. So, like, Texas A&M, with their resources, right, we say, like, if you're not competing for SEC championship or a national championship, like, you fail. Mm-hmm. Like, what's a good season at what what do you think? Eight wins? Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean Yeah, like that the expectation shouldn't really be that high considering what else is in your conference. I'm not gonna bite on this one. I was hard on the rule hire because I thought they could have gotten a little bit it felt like the big name like layup. And a guy that we haven't seen at the college ranks since college has changed a lot. Yeah, He does seem to be really brewing in the whole nostalgia thing, mm-hmm. which I think is going to make the transition easier. I, I still, it still floors me how bad Scott Frost was there, so I believe nothing. So I wasn't crazy about the hire. The recruiting stuff is a good sign. They are recruiting very, very well. That's what you want to see. I like the hire, and I think he will be successful and get them to – a good spot where it's not embarrassing anymore. Like, I think it's going to go better than the last couple of years. So there's hope, Jason. Don't let Adam tell you otherwise. I know I am. I am kind of team Nebraska. My neighbor likes Nebraska. They currently, by the way, have the number 15 ranked recruiting class in the country. That is pretty nuts mm-hmm. for Nebraska. I don't know where they've been finishing well outside. that. So I think that's going to be key for them. But I, I just, I do love the the Texases of the world like trying to find their rhythm 
But the fact that you even said, like, I don't think they'll be embarrassing pretty much speaks to where Nebraska yeah. has gotten as a program. But it is completely right. Like, Nebraska, and they've also lost in spectacular ways. Mm-hmm. They are the most, like, one of the most interesting, like, one of those beers that you try and you're like, oh, wow, what is, what is, is that, like, wow, that tastes like raccoon and citra and oh my God. Like, like that is Nebraska but, football. Yeah, and I think that they can become like an irritant in that league, like a like a Purdue, yes. where like those games aren't like guaranteed if they have to go play on like a Friday night. There, like you know what I mean. Like I think that you can cause a little bit of chaos amongst the the Big Ten for sure. Um, that should be the goal. If you can do that, at the very least, it's interesting. Big Ten, uh, new coaches, new hires, soon new teams. Yes, I'm a Big Ten homer. Um, but go read the story on Matt Rule so you can decide for yourself. Um, okay, gambling. Sources, Brett McMurphy tweeted something this morning that when I could access Twitter seemed to be the most <laughs> relevant thing that people were talking about. And I can't um, access which... it because I've reached my limit. So, <laughs> what the fuck? Um, so, Colin Wilson, who we met at the national championship, we had a blast. He was betting pop rep prop bets from the sidelines and like maybe i shouldn't even be saying that but whatever like <laughs> this is what this is what they do and so mcmurphy tweeted some notes from collins power ratings so power ratings for everybody knows it's like how you're generating lines and there was two different sections of this that um i found interesting um number of games projected as a favorite in 2023 i am not gonna do the game here because there's too many teams 12 games so these teams would be favored in 12 games this year. Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and Louisville was the last one. Now, I was listening to the radio. That might not actually be right. But I completely forgot that they got Brom and Louisville might actually be funny. So that might be interesting. 11 games. Clemson and Florida State. And they noted in this that Florida State at Clemson is projected as a pick'em right now. Eleven games. Liberty we just talked about yeah. North Carolina, Ohio State, Oklahoma, South Alabama, Texas, Toledo, Tulane, Utah, and Wisconsin. So maybe some comebacks there. Now this is the one that was more interesting to me. Number of games projected as an underdog this year. There are two teams that are projected to be an underdog in twelve games. Western Michigan and Stanford, which is oh, crazy. Wow. I mean, it, but it makes sense when you think of that conference. It's good and Stanford is bad, but oh my God, we are not that far away from Stanford being relevant. 11 games. Charlotte, Colorado, found interesting. FIU, Kent State, Nevada, Old Dominion, UAB, Trent Dilfer, UMass, and Virginia Tech. So um, I was looking up Stanford's schedule, and I typed in Stanford's schedule, and I forgot to put football. And, of course, I got, like, the school one because most schools, when you type in Alabama schedule, you get their football schedule. Yes. But with Stanford, you don't. So sad. It's really sad. Very... Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Looking at it, it makes a lot of sense. Wow, they'll be an underdog against Arizona? Oh, yeah. Hawaii? Yes. Um. Also on this list, just to go down to the 10s, so who would be an underdog in 10 games this year? Boston College, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Rutgers, Texas State, Tulsa, and Vanderbilt. 
So Oklahoma State, like who's competed That's in high wild. level roles. I know, I know. It is I, I found all of this fascinating. So again, we are gonna keep dipping our toes into all gambling related content here. Yeah. Both um on this pod and elsewhere. Um this got the juices flowing for me. Um Virginia Tech quietly became like a really shitty football no like yeah this is going to be a weird year of college football to go get the younger beamer pay him like a billion dollars to come he's like, happy where he is man he's doing his I thing i know i'm just saying I love like, him. that makes me sad like prime virginia tech like was fun like prime virginia tech was a thing like NCAA football, EA style, Vatek, like constantly in that, I don't know, number four to number 15 this, range. Like they are fucking bad, but really bad. So that would be my. We got you. Um, Any random shit you got for us today? Um, Car rides with children. Did a couple long car rides okay. this past week. It's fucking hard, man. I don't know what to say to all the dads and moms out there with multiple kids that are doing it. It's not just the driving, okay? It's, I drove, my wife was in the passenger seat and I got a little stressed. So just because of the traffic, 4th of July traffic is terrible. Yeah. We pull up to a McDonald's. I just want coffee. That's all I want. Coffee, drive through. Everybody is eating. We're good. And there's a line that is insane. And it's like I'm in traffic and I'm I'm muttering not obscenities. I'm I keep the language intact. Mm-hmm. But clearly, I think I said this is the worst thing to ever happen in the human existence. That's what I said. Okay. And my four-year-old just looks at me, he goes, Dad. And I go, Yeah. He goes, You need to settle down. <laughs> so that was an eye-opening experience for me. Wow. Um, maybe it was a little bit much down. saying this is the worst thing that's ever happened is the parking lot that was McDonald's. Ah. And then the four-year-old tells me that. Of course, it's like, that's the thing. I love you need when to, you need to kids sell. reverse the parenting on you and are like, you need to use your words. And like, you know, there are things that like someone's been like, hey, let's settle down. And then now he's using that on you. That's amazing. So that was eye-opening. But the driving in general is just hard. Yeah. And um, I'm just, everybody who's doing it or has done it, thinking about y'all. Because I'm still recovering. Not So that's my big Um, My random thing is, uh, did you happen to see the photos from the Michael Rubin white party in the Hamptons this weekend? I did. I did. Um. There were a lot of athletes there, so that's why it's like kind of relevant. He's also like the founder of Phonetics, which is kind of wild. Um, yes. which just had like a resurgence, by the way, recently. Like when it, there oh, yeah. were issues with it in the middle of its business, but now it's it's very successful, and they have this giant white party, lots of celebrities, lots of athletes, notorious for not getting plus ones to these things. All very cool. Um, speaking of cool, Joe Burrow was there. Um. Outfit was fantastic. Glasses were fantastic. Just chef kiss to Joe there. Um, but if you Always. were to have a white party and you could only invite, let's give you just three athletes, who would you be inviting to your exclusive white party? Okay, so by athletes, do you mean coaches? Yes, I'll, I'll give you sports figures. 
I'm going to keep asking questions to ruin this. Now, is it just who you think you'd like to enjoy your time so with? So this is this is where it's hard is because you have to go with someone who'd be a fun time at a party, but also somebody that's like legendary and you'd want to get the chance to meet. You know what I mean? I met him, but I feel like Nick Saban's going to be at my party. Oh, yeah. Nick is in that. He's definitely on my list. He's like number one, Nick Saban. He'd also have a sick fit. So like. I just think Nick, with a couple of glasses, like maybe a little loose. Maybe some tequila shots. No, he only drinks beer. Sources. Um, <laughs> I'm going to bring Aaron Rodgers right now in my life. Wow. Because I just, I just, I got to know what's going on there. Okay. And I feel like we, you know, God knows where we end up after that night with what, what we consume mm -hmm. like in our bodies like right mm -hmm. but like a nick saban and now i gotta shake it up completely okay who's your third believe i said aaron Rodgers. um relevant right you got this i believe in you i'm gonna go i'm gonna go francisco lindor so That's a good choice mike here's it my kids and i very into baseball mm -hmm. They just love his smile. He seems fun. Like, so he's my fun. So okay. here's where I'm going with my team. Francisco Lindor, Mets fan, by the way. Fun, smile. My kids will think I'm amazed. Okay. Aaron Rodgers gives me the weird. Give me the fucking weird. Gives you the weird that a white party needs on the 4th of July. I like yes. that. Okay. And then give me the, give me the class of Sabin. Sabin. Okay. And the stories of Sabin. So I get the fun, the weird, and the class. Okay. Yeah, pretty weird. Now, where are you going? You're probably going to go F1. Are you going, like, oh, you're already looking yeah. at me like Well, of you're... course I'm going to pick somebody in F1, Um, even though okay. it's during the season. Um, I, I would have... <laughs> I would have Saban. Saban's going to be on my list, too. That's just because... I Okay. <laughs> Bless you. The most on-brand thing possible for this <laughs> podcast today. Um, okay, so I've got... <laughs> I've got Nick Saban. I'm going to go yep. Michael Jordan just because I want to bring a billionaire in. It's a good what one to choose. <laughs> All right. Your sneeze, though. Do you normally, do you normally, I can't even do this. My, I got alligator arms. I cannot even get into my fucking elbow. For people on YouTube, like you're in a tree, you get all the way in there, right? Yeah. Like I've got, this is a shoulder uh. flexibility thing. Oh, there we go. Okay. You just naturally like sneeze up. Like, Dude, that is proper sneeze etiquette here. Uh, we're not letting any germs fly. Wow. Um, okay, let's try this again. My three would be Nick Saban, Michael Jordan. Because I also think Michael Jordan would bring the weirdness and the cigars, so that'd be fun. And also that duo oh, yeah. together would be great. And then I would probably bring Carlos Sainz, who is a Formula One driver, just for like the spiciness. Um, I like it. Tiger Woods was also close on my that, list. But I don't think he would loosen up. Like, I think at least, like, Michael is, like, far enough away from his career that he is, like, fine loosening up a little. I, but I, and I just don't think he'd be that fun at a party. No offense, Tiger. I, I, I tend to agree. Yeah. I tend to agree. I, I thought I about be... having, like, Brooks Kepka in there, but I don't want, like, I don't want someone who thinks they're, like, too cool, you know? I want someone who I think I would enjoy their company. So those are the three that I would, I would bring. I like that. That's a great... What a great party. I mean, we have Nick Saban on each of party. our lists, but... Oh, yeah. And he 
I, again now, like he would get a plus one, and he can bring Kristen, his daughter. Yes, that's allowed because you know be... not a lot of people get plus ones. Nick would get a plus one because we both wanted to invite him, and Kristen could come to our white party. I'll text her and let her know. She's in. I'm I'm in. I like that. That is a great. That is a great question. Who would you bring to that party? That party, by the way, um, the the list was like ridiculous. Yeah, good mix like, of people. I mean, Tom Brady, Basie, ba- Jay Z, and Beyonce. And now Ben Affleck brought his daughter, which I thought was great. That is great. Yeah, like notably not invited us. Yeah, sad. Um, I I was upset about it, but it's okay. Joe Bro didn't get a plus one, so of course I couldn't go. <laughs> the Joey B. <laughs> I love him. And I'm trying to think of other I think of other random things. No, I um you mentioned it. It's fourth. I'm gonna end pretty much every podcast with like the football shit is coming. Mm-hmm. Media days are what, like three weeks away? Yeah. Maybe less. Two weeks. Um like oh my god. Are you ready for that? I'm not quite ready for that. Uh I am because it's talking season and I enjoy some of the quotes from there in the fashion. Think like media days will be a thing ten years from now, or do you think like you think it's going to be like digital remote? Like no, I don't think it'll be digital remote because I think college football at its core loves pageantry. I think they're going to get more like um, they'll be more for fans to go to because they'll move them to locations where it's less about like media days and actually getting clips where they'll just have it be like oh there's like a red carpet and you can do this and you can do that. Like I think it's going to be a little bit more flashy and showy. It's actually a great idea. Thank you. I like that. Turn it into like, like not a stodgy sports writer. Yeah, but it's more about the fans. This bar tab. Yeah. yeah. Um, we are talking about now, like when our season is going to look like. When I say that, you and I, that gets me excited. Yeah, it gets me excited to pick games. Like in season pods are like, there's just nothing. Nothing like the high. Like, I mean, off season pods are pretty wild, but. No, that's true. Off-season pods is where you get, like, the weirdness. In-season, like, we have to pretend, like, we're what we're talking they, about, kind of. Not really. People who listen to this know that. Um, we can't stretch our legs as much, because otherwise we would talk for two hours. Yeah, we would. Have you ever heard that Theo Vaughn quote where he's like, I don't know what I'm talking about, and I never really have, but never really have. Yeah, yeah no, that, no, that is, is literally us. We're like, we don't know what we're talking is, about. We're just having a good time. That's all that matters. We are. And to be fair, sometimes I, uh, we do actually know what we're talking about, and it's kind of wild. But yeah, no, we're gonna pick some winners. We're gonna do all those pick things. Some winners. Um, <laughs> why? What the fuck? Why is that? We do sometimes. <laughs> do you know, like we do. do. You know what that? Have you ever heard of picking a winner? Like pick your nose. It's picking a winner is like picking a wedgie. I didn't know that. <laughs> like I said, I we're, we're like Googling. we literally pick. What the fuck? Well, at least it's something like somewhat harmless. I was like, <laughs> uh, please don't be bad. Let's see what the Pick a winner. picking a winner. Uh, it, what's the, what's the Ur- Urban Dictionary? That's what it's called. Picking their nose. Actually, you were right. Yeah. It's also like doing not shitty game. Yeah, that too. Which we're going to try. We're going to try. All right. All right. With that, um, Paige, Adam, we will talk to you guys next week.